0: and welcome to happy single moms a podcast surrounding real single mummy life so here's your host me Khalifa hey guys and welcome to the happy single moms podcast I'm your host Khalifa we have a magnificent lady from America guys called Yolanda and um, she's got her own platform called single mom inspired she actually helps black women embrace God's love for them. I have never heard anyone say something like that before because um I oftentimes find love um and God's kind of love a love hard to believe. You know, um I think oftentimes we we seek love and validation from men and they haven't received love themselves. So how can that's two halves make a whole? You have to be whole it. in yourself first and then find another person that's whole. And I often <laughs> <laughs> we that we realize that we have to be whole. No one on this God's given earth can make you happy. Right. Absolutely no one. Not even our, our kids, because right. our kids are going to grow and they're going to leave. And that's why a lot of women have empty shell syndrome when their kids leave. And you get those, you know, mothers that don't want you to marry their sons because they they haven't ca- carved out their own life for themselves. Right. You know. Right. We need to realize that we are here to receive love from God and then when we are whole we will be able to distribute that we can't fill a cup that is empty right you know, when I saw your platform I was like oh yes we need it. <laughs> so please and I'm giving the introduction but please tell the audience a bit about yourself and what inspired you to actually have that ethos and want to teach women not only black women because we have a variety of people that listen but just to teach women God's love
1: So, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to share with your audience and your community. I am Yolanda Oliver. I am from the United States, and I actually reside out of New York City. (laughs) So, um, you know, when people ask me about myself, I go into a couple of things. It's so easy for us to define ourselves by the nouns and the titles we hold, but I always say it's a much a much more telling story when we talk about the adjectives and the things that we survive to describe ourselves because it allows people to connect with us better, right? So I am God's masterpiece. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am no longer surviving. I am thriving. I am more than a conqueror. I'm a woman who is a servant, who is loving Jesus, loving my baby boy who's not so much a baby anymore, loving my family and everyone that I have the opportunity to serve. I, I identify by myself as a ministry creator of Single Mom Inspired, and I'm also the founder and president of Live Fearless, Inc. Single Mom Inspired, um, that was a ministry that was planted in me by God because I am also a survivor of domestic violence as well as a, a survivor of childhood trauma. I was in, um, I watched my, my dad abuse my mom until she left when, when I was at the age of 11. So you imagine me, a young girl, living in fear all the time because when you go home, you don't know when your dad comes home, you don't know how to, what to expect when he walks through the door. Is he going to be happy? Is he going to be sad? Is he going to be mad? So I lived with that fear throughout my life. Then also it did not craft for me the relationship between my mom and dad, a healthy relationship between, I didn't see a healthy relationship between a man and a woman, nor did I have um, a trust or support from my dad and away from a loving daughter so as you can see as that builds up without being able to share my experiences as a child i lived in fear and i hid um everything that i went through as a child for years until i actually came out and told my story when i was in my 30s my late 30s so you know, you can imagine living in fear, having low self-esteem, having no esteem, esteem, I'll say. Um, I went into my first domestic violence relationship at the age of 19. I was in and out of domestic violence relationships up until the age of 38. So that's about almost 10 years ago. Um, So that's almost two decades that I was in relationships of abuse. And the reason why I created Single Mom Inspired, and I don't want to say I created it, I want to say God gave it to me as a vision, is because it's so important that we, and I support Black single moms because I identify as a Black single woman and a Black single mom. There are so many things that we deal with that we And I say deal with, we hide, we are shameful of, we're afraid of, that we need communities of women to talk about what what we go through. Because it's interesting because I thought I was the only person going through what I went through until I shared my story. And I realized there's hundreds of thousands of women who were experiencing the same thing that I was experiencing for so long and they were never able to share their story. And I felt, well, if I had known that this was not just my story, but other people's story, it would have give peop- given me more courage to speak up sooner, to stand up for myself, to find the courage to be able to come out and say, this is what's happened to me, but I'm not gonna be a slave to it anymore. So I am here to support women overall um, for both of my, org- my nonprofit organization as well as Single Mom Expire, which is a pro- um, for-profit organization to really support women into embracing, because what the p- missing piece for me was knowing that God sees me as his masterpiece. I am greatly designed by God. Listen, he made me perfectly in his image. And once I realized who God sees me as and how he identifies me, I build a relationship with God to know that I have a father, not just a God who sits up there in judgment for me, but he has a daughter love for me. He has, he wants to have an intimate relationship with with me. Once I start to put those pieces together and know that that was not only father, but that's my daddy, and he's got me in his hands, and he's always taking care of me, I can conquer the world, and I want other women to walk away knowing that they can do everything through Christ, that we are God's masterpiece. We are perfect with every bump, pimple, every dimple that we have. We are God's masterpiece perfectly made, and we need to stand up and walk in that strength, but it takes time because you have the cultivate that relationship with God and also identify who you are or who he says you are so you can own it and walk in
0: it perfectly. That's awesome. So how long do you think it took you to actually come to this realization then that how much God's love for you? Um,
1: I've, I'm on my journey. I'm going to say nine nine years now. So yeah, it's been nine years since my last domestic violence relationship. I had to make a decision at that point Um, I always say that there's going to be a breaking point for any woman who's going through an abusive relationship. And abuse goes beyond just physical abuse. There's emotional, financial, and psychological abuse, verbal abuse. So abuse comes in so many forms. And I think because some people don't see black eyes and, um, you know, busted lips, they think it's not abuse. If he's not talking to you in a respectful way, you're being abused. So this, but that's a whole nother story. But once I decided that I needed to choose me. I needed to choose my son. I need to make sure that my son saw me in relationships that are healthy so that he can identify. I didn't want him to be me and not be able to identify how a man's supposed to treat a woman. I need him to know that. I need him to see that. Like He needs to be able to see that walking right in front of him, emulate it so he knows what it looks like. So once I chose to go on my healing journey i did multiple types of uh therapy, um, and different ways to heal. So I did traditional therapy with a the therapist. I also sought, sought spiritual therapy with my past and counseling, and then also did all types of other things, like dancing was therapy for me, so many other things. So I've been on this journey for nine years now, <laughs> but now in the journey, I realized there was so many broken pieces of me, and there was fragments of me trying to be everything to everybody that I needed to, like you said, become whole. And identify who I was and be whole so that I can confidently walk in the purpose God has for me on this earth. And that's to serve other women so that they can identify, become whole, and walk in their purpose as well. So we can impact the earth the way we're
0: supposed to be awesome so wh- why do you think is that because this is not the first time i've heard someone say this to me that they have um witnessed domestic violence um and they've actually entered into a domestic violence relationship What? because i spoke to um pastor rc blakes i don't know whether you know him um mm-hmm. he, yeah he speaks about soul ties and the fact that we attract um certain things into our lives you know absolutely it, um, that we as human beings, it's the same way a lot of women say they don't want an abusive man, and then they get end up into in that relationship, or their parents are alcoholics, and then they become an alcoholic themselves. But they saw mm-hmm. the damage it was it, it, that it that happened in their family, but then they still mm-hmm. run after the thing that they are most afraid of. So why right. why is that? Do you think?
1: Well, I know for me it was because, like I said, I did not I did not understand what healthy looked like as much as my mom did all she could to leave the relationship she did with my dad against all odds back in the 70s and the 80s black women who were i mean we were like the brady bunch we had the two car two car garage full house everything and my mother had to it took her because they they say the statistics say you know someone it takes them seven tries to leave a domestic violence relationship my mother we left once. He wooed her and brought her back and we came back and then we ended up leaving again. And that was the final straw. But after going through everything that we went through, everything that we witnessed, the trauma, because I always say as as women, we have to identify that what we go through, our children go through, even though we think that they don't see and they don't hear, they feel. And that's why it was so important for me to make sure I got out of my relationships because I did not want, whoa, we're not on camera, right? <laughs> whatever. Okay, I don't, because I didn't want my son to have to go through what I went through. And then what happened was, so I witnessed a domestic violence and I witnessed how a man shouldn't treat a woman, but I never... I did see my mother get into another relationship that was healthier, but I was never able to, the parts of me that became broken, never healed. So that insecurity, I had a, I I was bullied when I was younger. Um, I was even bullied by teachers when I was younger. So all of those insecurities, those fragmented pieces, the low self-esteem that I had, I never healed from that. So when the time came for me to come into a relationship with someone, he's like, I I always say, you, would, like you said, you attract a certain type of individual. I attracted that person who saw those insecurities in me and he was able to woo me based off of everything that was insecure about my body, who I was, I didn't have any self-confidence and he played on all of that and knew just how to identify me. And that's how I got into the first relationship. And then from there, I never healed after that. Like, even though I was physically abused by him, I mean, he beat me with belts, you know, Punch me on my back, all types of things. And I went into another domestic violence relationship that was physically abusive as well. After that second relationship, I said, I'm never going to let anybody hit me again. However, I went into relationships that were emotionally and verbally abusive and psychologically abusive. So it was still the same cycle. It just looked different because I said, I wasn't going to let anybody hit me anymore. So it took out the physical piece, but I was still... Identifying that same guy was still finding me because I hadn't found myself. So I was allowing myself actually to be found because I wasn't doing the work to heal so that I could be whole to enter into a relationship that was healthy. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Um, so at the position that you're in now do you feel like you're whole you're able to um date you know what your um triggers are what what it's like oftentimes i see on social media it says um you need to know what red flags look like and if you don't if you're colorblind how then can you identify what a red flag is so do you, <laughs>
1: And that's important is because you have to know what your triggers are and you have to know what the red flags are. It's important to talk about what I think the biggest part of is wanting to be open to learn and wanting to be open to walking away. I think a lot of times when we commit, whether it's emotionally, physically, when we commit sometimes to relationships as women, sometimes we commit too soon. And we haven't had ourselves had an opportunity to let the red flags show themselves first before we commit. And then I can say I've been guilty of it. You commit too soon and then you don't want to walk away. Mm-hmm. You don't want to walk away from the relationship. You don't want to walk away from the potential of what could be. So I would say don't commit too soon. I would say give yourself time to really know who you're dealing with. And that takes time. That takes a lot of time. So I've chosen to be single for um, seven years because I knew that I was not ready. I knew I was not ready to enter into a relationship. I knew that those hidden spaces were not filled. I knew that there was more work that I needed to do on myself before I could be healthy because it's it's a two-part thing. I can't expect to go into a relationship with someone who's healthy if I'm not healthy. So if I'm fragmented, but I have to put I'm going to put all the onus on the person I'm in a relationship with, that's not fair. So I need to be able to be on my growth journey so that I can partner with someone who is on that same journey and who is healthy as health. You know, we're working together to be whole, but I can't expect to be looking for someone to be, you know, whole and healthy. And I'm still broken and fragmented. So it's really about being honest with yourself and knowing are you ready? Are you, have you dealt with those triggers? Have you dealt with that past? And the thing about it is it's, you're never going to be perfect. However, are you able, are you strong enough and have you come far enough in your healing journey to identify when, when something's triggered you and you know how to fix it and correct it. And I think for me, it's been nine years. <laughs> I'm actually in a relationship now for two years and I can identify when something is not right with me. Cause I always say, you got to be accountable for yourself first right in your actions so I know when "Mm, yeah I'm acting something was said that triggered something and it's causing me to act away so now I have to take accountability examine that and then now I need to go ahead and rectify that with the person I'm in my relationship with so it takes a lot of work and like I said therapy has definitely helped me to become more mindful of me and my actions because I always say that um Sometimes when you're an emotional person and sometimes when you've dealt with trauma, it's easy for you to internalize a lot of things. And someone might have a conversation with you, but because you have walls up, you create a story from something that's being said and you start to interpret it in your mind in a way that it's not being mm-hmm. said. And you can flip, girl, I used to be able to flip something so fast, like, wait, what you say? Hold on a minute. And it used to just turn me on. like, And I would just like, it, I would lose it now because I've learned that about myself I have to sometimes like be accountable and say wait a minute I gotta listen to you but sometimes I say wait a minute I have to walk away and this is with all relationships not even just the romantic relationships but in all relationships I have to say give me a moment to pause because now I need to in my brain digest what it said take away my emotions from the actual conversation so that I can look at the black and white and remove the gray so then now I'm able to come back and understand exactly what you're saying but that take like I said that took work for me to understand that that's who I was and I have to work through that and work through those processes and when you're dealing with people let them know where you are and that's the other thing is being honest about where you are in your journey you, it's only fair that you share with people that this is what's happened to me this is what I'm going through and this is where I'm at so then they know that you're working on improving and becoming better. I said a lot,
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, perfect. perfect, absolutely perfect. So, um, one question in regards to the fact that you were single for uh, um nine years, and I, I often tell people that loneliness for me anyway is seasonal. Some months I am fine, I'm okay, and then other months I'm like, I just need some triceps and biceps, I just want to cover mm-hmm. to watch Netflix and mm-hmm. so how then did you deal with working on yourself and then in that season of loneliness when you actually just want someone anybody just to hold you how did god's love assist in not wanting to get someone that's mediocre for example
1: i love that and you know what it's also a lot knowing what it is that you need like i know what you need like what do you need to comfort you what do you need to support you? And I think that's the biggest part of it is sometimes we don't identify, we don't write that down. What support do I need? Because there are going to be those times when I'm lonely, but I always used to remind myself. And that's when I started to journal. Um, I do journal a lot. Anybody that knows me knows I journal a lot because I always flip back because those reminders of when I was in that space, it actually motivates me and lifts me up. But I would journal like in those moments when I started to feel lonely, I have to journal i would journal scriptures that encourage me to know that i'm worth the wait. you know <clears throat> that um god has everything in store for me That is, that is perfectly designed for me if i move forward too quickly i am going to break the chains of healing that i've already created and i had to always make sure that was always in the forefront of my mind that me being whole and healthy is the prize That's the prize. So if I do anything to alter off of that path, it's going to break that and I'm going to have to start all over again. And I had to always journal. um, I always read a lot of scriptures, the motivating scriptures, Psalms really motivates me um, a lot. And um, Paul, because Paul talks about um, a lot of trials and a lot of experiences that he had that's uncomfortable, but he's confident and he stays focused on the goodness and the grace of God. So those scriptures really motivate me and help keep me focused. But then the other thing is having someone, a friend, someone you can confide in so that you can be honest with them and share like, hey, I'm only because sometimes it's just being able to share it. I think a lot of times we keep stuff to ourselves. So then therefore we're holding it in and that just entices it even more because we're not openly confessing. Basically, I have a need, I have a desire and I have one, I have a, two really good girlfriends that I've always been able to have that bond with them that I can be transparent with no judgment and they would just be there to listen. Sometimes you know it'll just be listen, this is what I'm going through right now. And I'm tempted to make that phone call. Girl, don't make that phone call, but you got to have an accountability partner who's going to be willing to be there with you through thick and thin. And I think that's really important is to have a support system that's going to be with you um through the thick and thin. um, Cause they're going to stop you from making that phone call because there's a many a times you have to stop from making that phone call. It's not worth it, girl. You came too far. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, you know, and, and praying and praying is another thing. Cause I'm like, I do pray God help me, you know, Help me in this moment, because I know you know there's a, an emptiness here. I need you to fill it. I need you to fill it. I don't need to be filled with something that's superficial or something that's just going to be a short term, um, a short term fix. I need you to fill it so that it's long and it's lasting. And that was my prayers for so many years because I did because I, I had in my mind being single was like a curse. So it's like to me. Um, something was wrong with me because I was single. So I had to let go of that whole mindset that you can't be single and happy or you can't be single and thrive. So that was a whole work that I had to go through. And so for me, it was a struggle in the beginning because I'm used to being able to, I was settle in relationships for the fact of just saying that I'm in a relationship and no one should do that. Mm. no one should do that especially if you're settling in a relationship where you're not being treated right yeah. where you're not being treated like you like you're the
0: queen because you are yeah but it's often it's often, it's quite difficult sometimes in society where you look at relationships and a lot of people have like relationship goals or when they actually do break up and you actually hear the ins and outs of that of that relationship and you think oh my god is this what they were going through because I remember mm-hmm. Years ago, even with like Real Smith and Jada Pinkett, I was like, Oh, I want I, I love their relationship. I want my relationship right. just like that. And the right. I'm reading as of late, I'm like, uh, this is not what couples' goals are. Right. But it's right so weird that we have this smoke screen of what a, a, a wonderful relationship looks like on the outside, but then when you actually peel it away like an onion, onions right. have many layers when you right. think it, they're like oh my god this is full of tears <laughs> you right. know there's too many tears here in this onion too many so, too many. so it's yeah it's, it's it's difficult you need to identify like you said you need to know what you want know what your worth is and know that the person that you get with has to be the personification of god's love for you because, right um i was listening to this pastor though he's passed away now miles monroe and he says that um men were called to love their wives women weren't called to love their husbands so that, right. was, that was a commandment we're called to basically submit but we can only submit right. to you because th- I think submission right now is such a like a dirty word like I'm not going to submit I'm an independent right. feminist yes it but is. I, I always tell my male friends that listen a woman will submit when she is led when she when you act like a man you, right. know, you are providing not only financially but providing right. loving her wholeheartedly right and covering her up uh, right. her shame covering her her uh, her mistakes right no way a woman won't submit we submit right. actually we want to nurture our partners we want to encourage our partners right but we oftentimes especially me I've had to be in the driver's seat and right. I don't even in a driver's seat but right' can't drive the car. You know, right. then I'm gonna have to leave and we're not really called to we can leave but it's too much looking after right. the children the house and then I'm telling you what to do right and then you get angry at me for trying right. to tell you what to do because you think that you're the man but you're not leaving right, you right. Know, I'm meant to be the neck you're meant to be the head but right. I think men just as of late just don't know What the heck they're doing?
1: They don't know what... They don't know what it is. And I think I always say that we have to look at culturally, like the shift in culture where I I feel like there's a significant shift in culture where it doesn't leave a lot for men to really identify with how they should be leaders or how they should be the head because they don't always have examples of what that looks like, right? So I always say we as children, we model what we see, right? That's why I went into a domestic violence relationship because I modeled what I saw when I was younger you know when I got into that first relationship and he was beating me me with a belt I thought that was the way he showed me he loved me he got angry he got mad because he thought I was talking to somebody else and he hit me with a belt that means he really loves me that's because that's what I saw when I was younger and I always say that if we don't and that's why I have always feel like if we don't model it for our children, then what does it show them? What do they know to do? They know what they see, that's how they grow up, right? So I feel like, but I feel like at this point, men need to take accountability for the fact that they don't know what it looks like and do the work to try, you know, to get them to a place where they can be the head, where they can have, you know, be the man, the respectable man that, because like you said, the Bible says that, you know, men are supposed to love their wives like Christ loves the church. And if you have a man who's loving a wife like Christ loved the church, then of course she's going to want to support love, undergird that man, right? And be that, covering for him as he covers her but we don't have so many examples of that or men choose not to look at the healthy examples of that and they rather look at the negative examples of what relationships look like um to kind of frame that you know with with relationships today i feel like tv social media and everything has um sensationalized um Verbal abuse, just really domestic violence, honestly, like, they, it's a socialized, you know, um, making women, you know, you know, you ha- women always have to be naked in order to be sexy or beautiful. It's just so many things with technology, these things that just put so many things out of whack. And if we don't do the work to kind of bring it together, it will be actually become worse in this day. So...
0: Yeah. definitely so um let's tuck into your podcast because you're a fellow podcaster as well and the um, podcast is called gem moments with yolanda so please tell the audience a little bit about that
1: sure so the my podcast is available on all major you know platforms apple google um, Spotify, Anchor. And my podcast is a woman one woman show. <laughs> but what I really talk about is the first season we're in season three. The first season was really focused around affirmations and relieving ourselves of negative self-talk. The second season was about expectations and the responsibility that comes with setting expectations. So when we become when we create expectations for others, we then become responsible or accountable to start communicating what our expectations are. And then we have to allow that person to say whether they can or cannot meet those expectations. So that was season two. But season three, I'm absolutely loving. And I love that it's being a blessing to so many women. Um, I got the seed um, or the idea to just pray Pray for women in different areas that they need prayer. So just from working with my community of women, you know, some of the things that rise to the top as women, as moms, the things we deal with, with being financially sound as being a single mom or even not being a single mom and just making sure you have enough um, for frustration, aggravation, um, when you feel like you're not enough those are things that I'm just bringing to God in prayer for all women. So that's where we are in season three. I think I'm up to my fifth episode wow. um, with about six more to go, but I'm really excited about it. And I love the prayers and I love the feedback because it's blessed so many women. So that's, that's what it's all about. Um, is really just being a blessing to women. Cause sometimes we don't know what to pray. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. So this is just a gateway to get you there. Like you could just repeat the prayer yourself um, to God and, you know, so that'll be a gateway for you to start communication openly with God
0: That's awesome On um, one of your posts you say um you you teach women how to help them from running from autopilot and survival mode how how as single mothers how can we identify if we are um in survival mode <laughs>
1: I think most, I think most, well, I think a lot of women can identify with being in survival mode, just really adapting psychologically to changes. Like our body just changes to the stresses of life so that we are able to cope, right? So sometimes we, I always talk about emotional walls that we build. So then sometimes we start to compartmentalize our emotions so that we don't get, we don't become emotional with certain people, certain things. Um, but there are ways that you certain things are triggers or ways you can identify. Um, some signs would be like lack of focus, um, change in your memory, being tired, like fatigued, and emotionally reactive. Like you find yourself, you know, reacting very emotional. Um, to things much more than you normally do. Um, Forgetting to even care for some of the basic things um, that you would normally care for and becoming more impulsive and just like eating, shopping and things that you normally wouldn't do. Those are just a few signs, but I think a lot of it, I think the biggest ones would be like fatigue, like you're mentally exhausted and physically exhausted. And because you're just running on autopilot, you're just doing without not even a reactive mode, you're just doing in a in a reactive mode not clearly thinking things out because you have to stay on go and i just want women to 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 be able to pause and be able to separate and take the time that you need for yourself because um if we don't take time for ourselves then we cannot be fully functioning and operable for ourselves for our family and for the communities that we serve um And I always say, you know, saying yes is not always a good yes. It's okay to say no. But I know we love to say yes as moms and as women. So, yeah.
0: So how do you support Black single moms then? So
1: I am um, a master coach, um, a life coach. Um, I work primarily, I've been working with individuals, one-on-one coaching. But I'm opening up what I like to call My Baby, which is the Single Mom Inspired Institute, which will open up officially in January, but we're starting enrollment in the fall and late November. So I'm really focused more on like group coaching um, because what I love about group coaching and bringing women together is because it's so important for us to know that we are not alone. And what I found with having my single social conversations and just doing a lot of work um, on the domestic violence side, so many of us identify with some of the same story and we thought it was just us. And the reason why I like to bring women together is because I want you to know that it's not just you. And guess what? You can survive, you can actually thrive. So I offer group coaching that's coming with um, Single Mom Institute in January, however, I do work on one-on-one coaching, and I love to do my single social conversations. Which I, I did one just recently, talking about the essence single. The next one that's coming, I'm I'm asked I've been asked to do a reboot of um, single moms pray together because talking about how we need to come together and pray as women and as single moms because our needs, I want to say, are different. You know, I always say we as single mothers, as black single moms, our prayers are different than, you know, traditional moms or even with any other ethnicity. And I'm not saying that other ethnicities don't have their challenges. However, we have our own specific challenges and I like to come together so we can talk about that. In that session, we talk about God knowing there are single moms in the bible that are explicitly laid out that we talk about we share about that we also talk about are you the first generation single mom in your family because that's important to identify am I the only one that was been has been a first um, generation single mom or is this something that is might be generational and what have I learned from the generations from the past or what makes me different from my mom who might have been married to my who might be married to my dad for like 50 or 60 years, because it does create a barrier where you feel like people don't understand your experience because they haven't lived through it. So, that is one conversation that I love. And I'm bringing it back because a couple of people missed it and they were like, You need to bring that back because we want to be able to join. So, it's really one on one coaching, my group coaching, which is coming, as well as my single social conversation. So, that's how I serve Black people. Well, so that's mom.
0: brilliant. Um, I love the fact that you, um, you were speaking about um, the bible and single motherhood in the bible I don't know whether you saw on my instagram page but I I put down genesis 21 19 because I love that scripture there was a time I was um looking through the bible and thinking god I can't see myself in there as a single mother like what 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 do you have in there like that can help Mm -hmm. support me and Mm -hmm. then when I saw the genesis 21 19 it's um in regards to Haggai when she Mm -hmm. She um, was in the wilderness. she was basically like the first single mom in the in the right. and right. she was in wilderness with her son and they mm-hmm. didn't have any food, didn't have any water and an angel appeared and she was saying mm-hmm. that, look, I'm, I'd rather my son die than right. you know then carry on this there's, there's nothing here in this in the wilderness right. The angel said, look up right so, As she looked up, there was a well full of water. Yeah. So I always full told people, there. that look that whenever you're feeling stress, whenever you're feeling down, don't look, look toward, don't look on the ground where we, we look at our situation, look up. So look I, up. I put that on my, on my Instagram. I love
1: that. I love that. Yep. And that's one of the ones we talk about, but you know, when we talk about, when we think about single moms and I. I always want to make sure that we look at single moms, you know, holistically because single mothering comes in so different, so many different forms. It could be a woman who was not married um, and has a child. It could be a woman who's widowed, you know, it could be a woman who decided to raise someone else's children and either in a foster as a foster parent or as an adoptive mom. So like single mom, like the community is so big. And I always feel like you know, when we think about single moms, it's such a negative kind of connotation with single mothering. We are powerful and amazing people because guess what? We do it with the help of God, but we do it, you know, managing resources and CEO in the lives of many people. And we do it for the most part singularly. And I think that we deserve incredible applause, but I always want us to make sure that we see single moms come in so many different, different ways and different forms and that we are amazing people and that's all i'm gonna (laughs) say
0: so so why do you think that prayer is so important as a single mother then
1: i think because if i would your anchor prayer is the anchor to everything i believe that if we trust god first because the word says um it, it tells us to seek god first and his righteousness and everything else would be added unto us. So I believe that if we focus on God first, he will supply everything and give a strategy for everything else that falls below that. So if we look, I would say it's the hierarchy. You look up to God first, then you make sure you have a great, I say your relationship with God first, your relationship with you, and then your relationship with everyone else. But if you have the one with God solid. And you, you might be still working on the one with yourself, but if you got your relationship with God solid, He's going to make sure He takes care of everything for you. I always say, God has never, ever, ever forsaken me. I've had times where I've struggled financially. I've had times where, you know, I was walking around with change in my pocket, trying to get on the bus with my son. God has always always made a way because I've always trusted that he will. So I seek him first before I seek anyone else. And he is always, you know, divinely created a way for me. He's always preparing the way for me. He's always on those days where I didn't even realize somebody was going to buy me lunch or somebody was going to gift me with money and things like that to make sure that I was taken care of. He is always provided. And I just want and he's not just a provider. He's a friend. He's a comforter he's a confidant he's my father he's my dad and i can trust him with everything so sometimes we look at god as just the authoritative god who chooses right you know what we have what we don't have god is all inclusive in everything for us and if we start to rely on him not just as a resource but our source he will make sure everything is cared for for us and if I, and that's why i want women to be encouraged in knowing that god is our source he
0: end. is our source so um what are the real benefits of affirmation and how do they actually work for you and how does it how can it work for other mothers listening because
1: it's the the bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue and what i had to learn is in my mind there was so negative so many negative things working up in there <laughs> There were so many negative things happening in there. It's my own negative talk. It's me digesting the negative things people had to say about me, people's opinions of me, et cetera, et cetera. So it was just a constant conversation of negativity happening in my mind. Um, One thing that I learned as a strategy is to start writing things out on paper because I needed to learn how to identify what's real and what's not real. So when it gets stuck in your head, you can't separate the two when you put it on paper and I'm a visual learner. So for me, paper is really important. So I love visuals. I love PowerPoints and I love writing things on paper. When I start to write down my characteristics, what's in my head. Um, and I did this exercise for myself a, long, a while ago, maybe not, not nine, maybe eight years ago. Everything that has been said about me, and everything that I think about myself. So that was in one category. Then I started to research how God sees me as a woman, as his child, as his daughter. And I put that in another column. I had to start to erase what was not real and start to take on the characteristics of what is real. The reason why I love affirmations is because you're now speaking into the atmosphere but also reinforcing those words for yourself about who you are, the I am statements, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, I am God's masterpiece, I am divinely made, I will conquer the earth, I take up space in the world wherever I am, I have a positive impact on other people's lives. So. when I say that out loud, it builds my own confidence. And I'm just repeating what God already said about me before I was even born. So I think for as women, because we digest so much, right, um, from you know, if we're in a workspace, you know, our families, our friends, it's so hard to sometimes dissect the difference between what's real and what's not. I encourage women all the time to make sure, and I call it personal um, declarations, and this is something that I do with my clients. We're going to create a personal declaration for yourself. This is what you do, or when you wake up in the morning time, your prayer, and then you declare a personal declaration for yourself, and we go through what they've you know how they see themselves and we write it on paper and then we start to identify how God sees them and then when we do that how God sees them then we start working on their I am phrases and their I am statements and that's how they build their personal declaration and I tell you that has blessed so many women So many times over, I love doing that with women because it's so important that you have something, a paper, you know, a visual to go back to. Some of them have made it part of their vision boards, so many different things because you need that visual to make sure you always have that anchor. When you're starting to feel sad, when you're starting to feel down, when you're starting to feel like you're not enough. Oh, let me pull out my paper because I need to repeat what's real. I need to repeat and bring life to myself at this moment in time. So that's why affirmations and I am statements and personal declarations mean so much to me. And I really encourage women to do that work because I promise you, it'll be worth it. Like I always say, you start to say it, you believe it and then it becomes who you are. And that's what we needed to become who we are is what we believe about ourselves. But most importantly, what God believes about us.
0: Brilliant. So, how can we, as single mothers, weave God into our daily lives? I would say, I
1: would say sometimes. God should be the anchor of our lives. So not weaving him in, but just putting him first. And it's hard. I know it is hard to balance. And that's why I always say that you have to plan. Like, that's the one thing that I do. I plan. I wake up in the morning, I pray. You know, there's certain things that I strategically plan to do. I know at a certain time when I take lunch, that's my time to zone out. I put my earphones in. Even if I'm still doing a couple of things, I put in my ear. Phone, so I can listen to some worship music. Sometimes I'll just stop and pause and just say thank you. As soon as I get into my office, when I open the door of my office and turn the key, I'm like, Jesus, you have, you own and you rule the day. You know, let me be the example of your light and everything that I do. And it's really bringing him into everything that we do. It's not compartmentalizing God, you know, just in the morning time, you know, and saying I'm morning prayers and at nighttime, but it's really putting him in every part of our day. So whether it's, you know, when we get to the workplace, if you work or if you work from home, you know, when you start your work day, when you're, you know, with your children, you know, having conversations with your children, sending them off to school in the daytime, praying with them and just Making him, you know, making him a part of your day. Talk to him throughout the day. God, I thank you for this moment. Lord God, I thank you for allowing me to maintain control, you know, when having these conversations and having these meetings. Because I had to start to bring, you know, sometimes because we allow ourselves to become the focus. So when I allow God to be the focus, then I'm more like him. I'm more of looking like Jesus than looking like Yolanda. If that makes sense, I want to exemplify who who Christ is on the earth. No more, no longer looking like I. So I want to make sure that He's intertwined in my work life. He's intertwined in my home life. He's intertwined in my family life. He's intertwined in my relationships with my friends. You know, I start off the day a lot of times sending off you know scriptures to my friends. I have a group chat with my friends just so that we can get started today together. You know. focused and purpose, you know, as we walk and step foot into the earth. So I believe in just making him a part, every part of your life, incorporating him. And that's sometimes just speaking out to him. He's always listening. He's everywhere. So it's not like he's ever left us. You know, it's just sometimes we just have to remember that he's there and have conversations with him and just bring him in. And that's the part of the daddy, you know, intimate relationship that God desires from and with us that once we learn to build that relationship, he does become part of your entire being.
0: That's brilliant. Oh, that's awesome. So um, Yolanda, you know, it says in the in the Bible that when two people um, gather and pray and agree on something, and it's, it that means that it's been solidified. I'm um, mm-hmm. wondering whether you'd mind praying for every single mother that's listening right now. And- um, Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Let Thank me know when you, you want me to go. Echoing God's light. Yes, we're ready.
1: Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to allow me to be in the presence here with these women. God, you know, every single need beyond what they could even say, God, some of the words they might not even be uttered, but you know, the hearts and you know, the minds of every woman that's listening to this podcast right now in the name of Jesus, I ask that you give them what it is that they need everything that they need because you will not withhold any of your promises from us so we trust and believe that you will hold us up that you have us on your mind that you are with us in every part of our day God wherever we feel we God you come in and make us strong whenever we feel like we're not enough oh God you speak and whisper those words of strength knowing that we are enough because we are your mighty masterpiece God so that we are confident in who you are God I ask right now in the name of Jesus for some woman who some mom who might feel like giving up, let her know that you are there pulling her along the way and that you have her hand in yours right now, oh God. Lord, give her the strength to utter what it is she needs, oh God. Lord, give her the resources and the support that she needs right now in the name of Jesus so that she knows she is not alone. Right now in the name of Jesus, for anyone who's seeking financial support, oh God, we know that you are our Jehovah Jireh. You are our great provider, oh God. Lord, we said that we've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread, oh God. So we know that you are a supplier of every need right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let her speak and declare what it is she needs, oh God, and you be the God, the way making God, oh God, who can make a way right now in the name of Jesus. For anyone who is feeling lonely, for that woman who's feeling lonely, oh God, Lord, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you whisper sweet nothings in her ear to let you know that you are hers, oh God, and you have divinely created someone who is perfectly fit for her, oh God, and let her hold on knowing that someone is. Is on the way according to your plan for her life. Lord, I ask right now in the name of Jesus for every woman, whatever need that they have, oh God, that you meet every single need because you are the God who we love, oh God. We trust you, oh God. We know that you have our best, our best thought and our best intentions in mind, oh God. You have a great purpose for every single one of us in this life here on this earth oh God let us find it as we find you all of these blessings I ask in Jesus name and I pray amen
0: amen Yolanda thank you so so much you've been so it refreshing my pleasure um, where can people find you on social media
1: Single mom inspired. That is where I am. (laughs) And if you're looking for domestic violence resources or educational domestic violence, you can also follow my nonprofit page at Live Realist Inc. Also
0: on Instagram
1: and Facebook.
0: Okay, Yolanda thank you so so much for coming on the happy no thank
1: you so much for having me and thank you for everyone who is listening I appreciate your attention I do appreciate you trusting me to come and talk to your community it is an honor and a pleasure to be here with you thank you